building on a full and accurate truth concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the scriptures speak. This is the Relentlessly Biblical Podcast. Welcome, everyone. This is Alex Ortiz. I'm here with Christian Lopez. What's up? And this is episode three. Now, in episode two, we shared the gospel. And this is the second half of that is how to share it. And I'm excited about this one, too. Sharing the gospel is, I mean, the, we espoused the gospel. We taught it best we could last episode. And I think we got a clear picture to those who were listening. And, and that's important, okay? But what's good news if you don't share it? Okay, and I'm going to direct everybody to Matthew and um, Matthew 19 through 20. Okay, just this is the Great Commission when Christ has been crucified and he's risen from the dead and he's taught his disciples and taught, taught them what's expected and what's to come. And he tells them, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to keep all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's just so beautiful. It's a command. It's a command. The Lord commands us. I mean, that's, uh, we said it in the last episode. This is such a privilege to just have the gospel and have, to, to accept Christ and be saved and, be, and, and have that assurance that when we leave this world, we'll be leaving this body to be in the presence of the Lord. That's a gift enough. Mm-hmm. And that's humbling. Mm-hmm. When you think about that, and I do often, and it, and it brings me to tears sometimes because I feel so undeserving of it. Yeah. But you know what? What a privilege to take that same joy that's in my heart that has made me into a new creation in Christ and share it with other people. It is a privilege. I mean, who, I always think of David when he says, who am I that God is even mindful of me? Well, who am I that I'm able to share the gospel? Yeah. That magnificent work that he did on a cross. Guess what? He gives us the privilege to share it. Yeah. So God reaches men using his Holy Spirit, which indwells the Christian. Right. The Christian, when they accept Christ as their Savior, the Spirit comes to live and dwell in us and through us. And that ministry that the Holy Spirit uses us for is to share the gospel. Okay, so we're going to talk about how do you share the gospel? Why do we even need this how-to episode? Because everyone knows that although you may be saved and although you have that assurance in Christ, people are scared. People are scared to talk about the gospel. And it's not just because of the age that we live in. The church and Christian has been persecuted for many generations. Yep. We've had this period in our history living in this country and some other countries around the world where there's some freedom. Some countries don't have the privilege that they could let people share the gospel yeah. freely. But for the most part, we can share it. But yet we don't. It's really super frustrating. <laughs> and, and there's a lot to overcome there. So I'm not really dogging everybody for it. Yeah. I'm understanding it yeah. because I was there too. Yep. Okay. When I was a brand new Christian, I was fired up and I wanted to share the gospel too. And I had to overcome some things. Yeah. I really had to overcome some things. First thing I needed to overcome is have no confusion about what it is that I believed. And if you have any confusion about what the gospel is, go back to listen to our previous episode. Dig into the Bible and read just exactly what the work of Christ was. He came for one thing, that you may have life. Mm -hmm. He even said it, the will of the Father is that you know his son. 
You don't know what God wants for your life. I'm telling you what it is right now. It says it in the, in the Bible. His will is that you know his son. Amen. The way that I know his son intimately, he's my God. He's, his spirit is in me. He's changed my mind. I think no longer with my mind, but the mind of Christ, which is an amazing statement. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about that. And it's an amazing statement, but it's true. Okay, so you've got to know what you believe. Okay, the gospel message is something you've got to have clear. Okay, and God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself to put sin behind him, never to look at it ever again. So that when you die, that same resurrection life that lifted Christ from the grave is going to lift you from the grave as well, too. Mm -hmm. You don't have to fear death anymore. That's the gospel message. And there's a lot of that going around. People are scared. People are scared. Uh, about what they believe. Some people just don't care. Let's be truthful about that too. That's Some people true. don't care. I mean, there's people going around saying, see you in hell and they laugh about it and they yeah. have no idea what they're saying, but that's the world that we live in. Okay. But as a Christian, as a believer, if someone who has trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior, he's going to put people in your path. You've got to be prepared for it. Not because Christian and Alex are telling you to, because he commands us Just like I read it to you. He told his disciples before he ascended into heaven to go share the gospel. It's a command, okay? It's a command. It's something that we must do, and it's a privilege. And if you understand that, you'll be excited to do it just like we are, okay? So have no confusion about the gospel. You cannot speak to someone about something that you want to share with them that you're excited about if they don't see that in you. If you don't have that implanted in your soul, people will see if you're phony or not, whether you believe what you're preaching. That's important. Yeah, that's that's very important. Okay? So know it in your heart of hearts that, yes, God is my Savior. Mm-hmm. Christ did die for me on the cross. And know it down from your head down to your toes. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, it'll come through. People will, 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 you'll see it, okay? You've got to be prepared for that. And the second thing I want to share with you is that right after that is that you need to be in the Word of God. You really do. You know, like Christ, and I say this all the time, you got to be like Christ. We all should be like Christ. And one of the characteristics about the Lord Jesus Christ that you can't miss when you read his ministry, his, his, the Gospels, and you see him in his ministry, he was saturated with the Word of God. You don't get saturated with the Word of God if you're not spending time in it. you got to spend time in the Word. Are you going to have all the answers for everybody? No. And that's okay. And that's okay. As a matter of fact, it's magnificent. You know yeah. why? Because you can point them to the Word of God. And that's the goal, people. Yeah. That's the goal. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all you the don't. answers. And you're not expected to. Okay? Remember, and we talked about this Previously, when we talked about the gospel, the message is God's message. You just got to deliver it. Right. Okay? And the best way to deliver that is with your own testimony. Look, this is how I came to Christ. Sometimes people are not open to the gospel unless they can see how the gospel opened you up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes speaking about the change in your life speaks louder to them than you realize. Hey, this is Alex telling me about God. Is this the same Alex I used to run up and down the streets of Brooklyn with, right on top of elevators and and go vandalizing subways in New York City? (laughs) Something's changed. Yeah. That grabs people's attention, Mm -hmm. you know. Especially if they they know you. They knew who you were before, and now you're this person that's 
what what changed what happened what was the difference in fact i say that has even more of an impact yeah because that grabs people's attention yep. you know and that speaks volumes to people volumes to people so don't un don't underestimate that don't yeah. underestimate your testimony Amen. your story how did god change your life and i guarantee you no matter who you are when you convey that testimony the word of God is going to be at the root of it because that's what changes the life. Salvation comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Amen. Okay. That's how everlasting life. That's how we tap into that everlasting life that Christ promised us beyond the grave. We tap into it through the word of God. It's the word of God that speaks to us. It's the word of God that gives us truth. It's that truth that speaks to us. Mm -hmm. So no matter who your testimony, what your testimony is, at the root is going to be the word. So take that pressure off yourself. You don't have to have all the answers. Yep. Just point them to what you don't know. I don't know that the answer to that question. You just say, you know, but let's look at this together. Right, right, right. Open up your Bible. Show someone where they could go. Give them a Bible. Mm -hmm. I've given away many Bibles. I'd rather someone have it and, and, and let God speak to them than have my clumsy words mm -hmm. get in the way. Mm -hmm. Okay? Don't underestimate what the Word can do and don't underestimate what God has done in your life. That speaks volumes yeah. in people's lives as well, too. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it perfectly. That was one of my hindrances when I uh, wanted to share the gospel. I felt like I needed to know everything before I shared the gospel. Like every little question that someone asked me, I felt like I needed to know that. And you don't need to know those answers. As a matter of fact, Alex is right. Point him to the scripture, or even better yet, point yourself to the scriptures and learn more about uh, the Bible, about what the Bible has to say about this. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's going to drive you to learn more about scripture. So don't be afraid. Like, if you don't know the answer, just tell them, hey, listen, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find that out for you. Yeah, and the point there is, the, the underlying point of all this is, remember, the authority is not you. Mm -hmm. The Bible is always the authority. That's right. You will never go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You're you just can, a messenger. You can mess it up all you want and fumble through, uh, blah, you know, giving the gospel. People will see your intent. They'll see that change yeah. in your life. And you know what? Speak as though God is the authority and yeah. the word of God is the authority. You are not the authority here. Mm -hmm. God is the authority. Take that weight off yourself. Amen. And I just, when you were talking before, I just thought of uh, um, what Peter says in uh, 1 Peter 3.15. He says, be sanctified, excuse me, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and fear. Amen. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's, that's enough encouragement there to be ready. When you share the gospel, be ready. Know from your head to your toe, like Alex said, that you believe this. Okay. So um, remember, we, we just, we kind of just alluded into it uh, uh, a little bit just now, remembering that, that this gospel message, God's the owner of it, right? And along with our testimony, there's there's two parts when sharing the gospel, okay? And and most believers will only share the second half, which is obviously the gospel itself. But sometimes we're afraid to share the first half, but we must share the entirety so that people can see the love of God. Remember how we were talking about uh, uh, my testimony when I read, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. I got that first part. I understood it because God allowed me to understand my mourning sin. your sin. Right. And then when the second part came, which is the gospel message, mm. that's where it pierced right through my heart. And I wanted to. That's grace. Yeah, that's right. That's grace. That's right. 
So I wanted to kind of um, go over Mark 1 mm-hmm. um, because John the Baptist and Jesus himself, Jesus himself, give us the, the two words that we need to know in order for us to um, share this message. Okay. And so Mark 1, 4 through, uh, 4 through 8, it says, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country and all the region of Judea was going out to him and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and was eating locusts and wild honey. (laughs) And he was preaching, saying, After me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, if if you just read through that, I mean, the first half of it is repentance. Yeah. Proclaiming a baptism of repentance. That was for John's what? ministry. Right. For what? The forgiveness of sins. And then in chapter in verse seven and eight, he pretty much kind of gives the gospel there saying that after me comes one who is mightier, the good news of the person that's going to come and complete the forgiveness of sins complete the work that mm-hmm. is uh that that is ahead of you that you can't do and i and notice how here um he mentions repentance for the forgiveness of sins um and what are we repenting from we're repenting from sin mm-hmm. confessing they after he he proclaimed the baptism of repentance look what they did they um, all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by um, by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin. When you have a knowledge, that's the first half, having a knowledge of sin. When you have a knowledge of your sin, the first thing you need to do is confess it. You confess it. You confess it to God. Yeah. When I mourned over my sin, I was on my knees confessing to God, Lord, please forgive me for this. I don't want this anymore. Yeah. I don't want this in my life. How how do I receive this? How do I how do I do this? And this happens too when um when Peter um shares uh with the uh does the uh the sermon at Pentecost in, in Acts 2, he talks about the sermon of Pentecost and um let me just uh quickly turn to that because it just came to my mind here. Um Peter's sermon at, at Pentecost. After that Read here, chapter 2, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men, brothers, what should we do? There's this big question mark as to what we should do with this sin. What should we do with this confessing? Okay. And Peter said to them, repent from your sin. Yeah. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the Holy Spirit without believing in Jesus Christ. And again, that is the work of God. All that is the work of God. Just like we talked about in the last episode when um, we talked about John 3 where the wind blows where it blows. Okay, you don't see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. Okay, so the first word here is repent. Jesus also gives us this if we jump down from Mark 1 to 14 and 15. 
Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. And we talked about the gospel of God. Verse 15, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And what does he say as well? Repent and believe in the gospel. He knows the good news. Mm -hmm. Jesus knows the good news because he is the good news. He's here. He says the kingdom of God is here. He knows. Okay, I'm here. I'm ready to do the will of my father to get on that cross. And what does he tell the, the disciples? He tells them three times, the son of man must die. Yeah. He must die. You know, putting that into a, a, a more focused context about what we're talking about, it brings to mind really the whole encounter with the Samaritan woman that Jesus has, you know, and the apostles come on him. He's already talked to the woman and revealed himself to be the Messiah. She runs into town to tell everybody in town, hey, look, I'm going to, this is man who knew everything about me. And then the apostles show up. They see him talking to a woman and she goes away and and she comes back with with more people. And the apostles are there to witness this. Mm-hmm. And, and he turns to his apostles and, and tells them, look, you know, even now, okay, let me see, where are we? Um, do you not say, uh, I'm reading in uh, John 5, uh, 35, verse 35, all right? Then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, and they are white for harvests, okay? And I bring that up because as people who are commanded okay, to share this good news, okay? There may be someone that has already prepared the harvest for you. All you have to do is reap it. So you have to discern, okay? Mm. Is this the right moment to speak to somebody? You were speaking to that, and that's why I thought about this scripture because he spoke to that woman at the right time, and she went and got a whole, the whole town came back out Mm -hmm. because they were ready to hear. And Jesus turns to his his disciples and said, look at that harvest. Mm. That's my food. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be that prepared too. So we've got to be... In the scriptures, we've got to understand this gospel that we have, but we also have to discern that you may have someone in front of you who's at that point where Christian is talking about mourning over their sin, yep. wondering what to do in their life to make that change. Yep. You know, frustrated that there's no answer for him. That's where you come in. You know, I, I would love to have been there when John was baptizing all those people because they're all, that was his ministry. Come and repent and they were coming willingly. And, and the gospels tell us that he had a big ministry. There were many people showing up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would have loved to have been there with tracks. Yeah. To seeing who's open. Right, right. And, and that's what I do. I basically see who's open. I'm not always handing tracks. I've done that kind of ministry, and that's something that you can do. I'm not saying that's not a bad ministry to do. Right. I used to do that on Wall Street many years ago, hand out tracks, talk to people about the message. I mean, that's a shotgun approach, though. You know, you're kind of putting it out there and yeah. seeing what sticks, mm-hmm. okay? And you get some 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 harvest that way, okay? But it doesn't always happen that, that way. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go to that prison. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to go to that hospital. Maybe you got to go and reconcile with somebody mm-hmm. that you have to reconcile with yeah. and say, look, look what the Lord has done in my life. We need to fix what we don't have here yep. and clear this rift between us. That's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you have to discern. Mm-hmm. When the harvest is ready, that's true. And and honestly, like um, the, the Bible says, it some plant, some water. Yeah. You know, some plant the 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 first fruits of this uh, the, the, this gospel message, and then the other people come along. The other uh, believers come along, and the, and they're just watering. And maybe your job is to water. Maybe your job is to plant. And you, you know, you just like like Alex said, you have to see 
those uh, opportunities. So the first word here, the first half of the message is repent. What are we repenting from? We're repenting from sin. And in order to repent from sin, we have to have a knowledge of sin. Someone has to acknowledge sin in their life. And then the second word here that uh, Jesus uses is believe. And what are we believing in? Like we talked about before, the good news. We're believing in the person, the work of Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. We are believing in the fact that God sent Christ to forgive us of our sins. And we believe in the sacrifice of Christ's body, that the debt of sin has been paid on behalf of Christ. And we know this to be true because of the resurrection of Jesus after being buried for three days. So a person who does not have the Holy Spirit believes in himself. Mm -hmm. A person who has the Holy Spirit believes in Christ and in Christ alone. They put their faith and their trust in Christ and is more aware of the sin in their life and their spiritual neediness to rely on Christ. And Paul says this, I I, I boast in my weakness. Yeah. A, a man who 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 understands this um, and 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 has the Holy Spirit indwelling in him. Most men out there in the world, most people out there, they boast in their in, in themselves, in, in their strengths. Paul here is like, no, no, no. I boast in my weakness. Why? So that Christ can be glorified. Yeah. When I am weak, He is strong. So it's not a matter of only believing, but we must meet the first condition in order for God to work in belief. If we don't see that we're sinful, if we're like, nah, I'm a good person, I'm good, I, I, don't, I don't need that. There's someone who's not open. Exactly. So we must come with a contrite heart, humble, lowly, spiritually bankrupt. Notice how Jesus does not say, be prideful and believe in the gospel, but repent and believe in the gospel. So coming to a knowledge and understanding of our sin and our spiritual deadness so that the the light of the gospel can pierce our heart like when um, after Peter preaches the sermon at Pentecost. Yeah, well, I mean, all you have to do if you doubt anything in your life is just really look to Christ. He is the perfect example of everything that we can accomplish in this world on behalf of the Lord. And sharing the gospel and and sharing it with folks, he's a perfect example of that too. Just look around him. Mm-hmm. What kind of people were around him? Broken people. That's right. Sick people. Mm-hmm. Now we're not asking you to go around and heal and stuff like that. That's not what we're talking about because miracles didn't work for Christ. I mean, you know, it just it, it doesn't convince anybody. Okay, your testimony will. Right. The gospel will, the word right. of God will, right. especially the word of God. You just got to proclaim it mm-hmm. and proclaim what it's done in your life. But there were some real broken people in Jesus' life, tax collectors, uh, women of questionable background. Right. Okay. I mean, the Pharisees were all over Christ about it. Why do you hang out with these sinners? That's why I came to heal the sick, not the people that are well. Mm-hmm. And so if Christ is using that kind of discernment, to say, who am I going to invest my time with here? He's going to invest his time for the people that are broken. That's right. We keep coming back to the how mourning for your sin. Those are the people that you're looking for. I, I think of the Pharisee that goes, he's on his way to the temple and Christ is watching uh, the activities around the temple. He's got his disciples there and he sees this Pharisee come up and say, oh man, Lord, thank you that I am not like this sinner that is here and that I'm, you know, I am who I am. And he talks about how great he is, that he's not like one of them. And then you look at this this poor person who's broken saying, God, that you can tell that he's broken broken because he won't even look up to God. He's just looking at his sin and saying, I'm not worthy. Yeah. 
you know, and Christ points to that person and says, that's the person yep. who's really open. That's the per person whose heart I can do something with. Mm -hmm. The person who realizes that they've come to the end of themselves. And you've got people like that in your life. Yeah. I guarantee you, yep. you just got to be bold. Yeah. Okay. Be bold and proclaim and be ready to proclaim. I'm going to share with you how I do it. Go ahead. And it's very simple. I've decided in my life many, many, many years ago. Okay. Look, I'm from Brooklyn, okay? I ain't got patience for a lot of stuff, okay? Small talk is not something I'm good at. I like to get right to the meat of everything. You know, I, I show up church on Sunday. I do the worship thing. I love it, okay? I love to worship God. I love to pray. But let me tell you something. The highlight for me is opening up that book and getting to the meat, okay? I, I, I like to get to the meat right away, okay? I'm like that in my life with conversations. I'll do the small talk thing. I don't care who it is. Something one I know for years or someone I just met. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I talk about it right away. Thank God for this. Thank God for that. I open those doors. Okay. One of the things that, that, that I've been very thankful for, okay, is the condition of the world that we're in. But everything that's going wrong, sometimes we get hung up in how negative it is. Oh, things are so bad. I can't. When are things going to change? And, and, and you know what? That, those are opportunities. You open your mouth tomorrow. And you speak to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? How's it going? I can guarantee you politics, the sign of the times, crime. I don't care what it is. The topic will come up. Mm -hmm. And there's an opportunity for you say, to say to that person, you know what? It's all right because God is in control. Right. And they may look at you crazy or they may not look at you crazy. Either way, you put it out there. And that's how I am. I spend a few minutes in sp small talk. Then I get into the meat of the matter. Okay, I, I talk about my, I, I speak of who I am. I'm a, I'm a person that God is a big part of my life and it comes out in my language. It comes out in my conversation. Yeah. Okay, just look at the people around you, what they talk about. I, I raise my kids this way. And I've got three kids that I've raised to adults and they all have families. I can tell you that there are three types of people, people who talk about people, people who talk about things, or people who talk about vision. Okay, I learned that in the business world, to be with the people to talk about vision. I applied that to my gospel faith. I applied that to my life. I'm, I'm with the people who are talking about God. That's where I want to be. I don't want to talk about people. I don't want to talk about things. I don't want to talk about the news. I don't want to talk about politics. I want to talk about God. What's he doing? Because yeah. God is still present and working. The same way he was working in the gospel times, he's working today. So be about, when I say be saturated with the word, be in it and read it and be like Christ. When you open up, when he opens up his mouth, he speaks the scripture. Mm -hmm. He speaks the truth. Be prepared to do that. Do it with love. Amen. Okay. One of the things I always tell people, you got to love people where yeah. they're at. Yeah. Okay. Because you may think they're open and they're not. You got to know how to back off. Okay. But you do it in love. And you say, hey, listen, this is how I dealt with that situation. I let it go because I'll give you a perfect example. I sold a, a carrier for a motorcycle for, to a guy online. He came to the house and it was all done, you know, online like things are done nowadays. I never met this guy before. And, and it was during the whole height of all this lockdown and all this nonsense that was going on. And he was, I found out he's a Christian right away because that's how I am. I talk about my faith. I talk about, well, thank God this. And, you know, and people kind of pick up on those cues, you know. And he says, oh, you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Hey, all right, praise the Lord for that. Nice to meet you. Him and his wife are there. And he was telling me, man, I'm suffering anxiety. I'm going through all kinds of changes. These are rough times that we're living in. I said, brother, let me tell you something. You need to get your mind off that stuff. 
There's nothing that's happening today that God is not allowing. Okay? Look at it as an opportunity to see the harvest that there is. You can't open up your mouth to anyone today without them complaining. Well, tell them to trust in the Lord and don't trust in the system. Don't trust in this world system that we're in. Trust in the Lord. There's easy, easy opportunities nowadays with everything that's going wrong to turn people to God. But you've got to be there. Yeah. you got to be there in that conversation all the time. So that's what you can do personally. That's how I am. Do I turn a lot of people off and they, you know, kind of give me the, the Brooklyn salute and go in the other direction? <laughs> yeah, I get that to. all the time, but I don't care because I, I want to get into the meat of the matter with right. people. If I can help somebody, I'm going to find someone who's open. I'm going to find someone who wants to talk, who's going to acknowledge what I believe. Not necessarily believe what I believe because people come to God at their own pace. Yep. But you never know when the harvest is ready. I'm ready to reap. And the only way you're going to reap is if you open up your mouth and speak what God is doing in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's very easy to do because God is always in control. And let me tell you something. This brother gave me a hug. He said, Alec, thank you for snapping me out of it. I said, dude, ain't nothing happening that the Lord don't know about. It. You just got to roll with it yeah. and take advantage of the fact that everybody's so messed up in their head right now that all they see is trouble. I see opportunity. Amen. I see opportunity to encourage people and to show them something different than yeah. what this world offers. Because this, offer, this world offers nothing but suffering. Okay? Temporary satisfaction. And it'll knock you down. Yeah. So you got to get ready to get up and talk about the Lord. So I had a friend of mine who lives in Ohio now. We used to live very close and um, be very close when we lived in Jersey. And he told me once something that I considered to be a big compliment. He said, you know what, Alex? You know what I like about you? And this is not to pat myself in the back. I give all the glory to God. But he said, Alex, I love the fact that when I talk to you, it's always about the Lord. I'm like, what else is there to talk about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And dude, that's where you need to be. Amen. And everybody can be there. Okay. Everybody can be there in a loving, patient way. Yep. Okay. Which I struggle with. <laughs> you know, you're going to have your struggles. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not patient when it comes. The Lord's working on me. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. You're a work Amen. in progress. And that's, that's a good thing too. And people yeah. see that. You know what? I'm. You, this guy's a work in progress, but he's got peace. He's got joy. He's got something that I need. You know, I'm going to think about what he's saying. I'm going to open up my, my mind to what he's saying and what he's trying to tell me. And you know what? That could be someone that God is trying to reach. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and that's how you got to be, people. You just got to have your, it's like the Bible says, let every, every word that comes out of your mouth, you know, concentrate on the things above. Concentrate on God. Think about eternal, eternity and what's coming. Don't think about this temporal little space and time it's like a little sliver of time compared to eternity it really is insignificant compared to the glory that's to come amen spend your time there that's definitely one way to get yourself in 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 the right mindset to get yourself in the right place okay when it comes to sharing the gospel be there for the for the harvest be in your conversation ready to engage like paul says be ready to defend your faith mm -hmm. you defend it by knowing the gospel, knowing what you've believed, knowing the word of God and be discerning, yeah. okay, by your time spent in God's word when God has put someone in front of you who needs what you can share with them. Amen. Let's take a quick break. We come back. We're going to attack this a little bit more and give you a little bit more how to do's. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you guys in a little bit. All right. We are privileged and excited that you joined us today. Please remember to visit our episode notes. They contain links to scripture, 
any information we reference during the show, and a link to join our mailing list to receive the latest show news and updates. If you want to send us your questions, provide feedback, or submit an idea for a future episode, we want to hear from you. Just use the Join the Conversation link provided to contact us. Want to get to know us better? Then we encourage you to use the Core Truth Media link provided in our episode notes to visit our coretruthmedia.org homepage. You can connect with us via social networks from that page and explore the diverse range of podcasts and high-quality content our ministry offers to those seeking to deepen their understanding of the Bible and grow in their faith. Finally, we invite you to help us communicate God's truth throughout the globe. Anyone can listen to the show for free everywhere podcasts are available. Click the listen and follow link in our episode notes and share it with your friends and family. You'll be glad you did. We appreciate your support. Now let's get back to our show. Welcome back. Let's get rolling on some very specific ideas, very specific circumstances, as a matter of fact. And I guess the first thing I want to say coming back from that break is that when you share the gospel, one of the mistakes that people do is they put a lot of pressure on themselves because they they feel that something they say can get that person saved, which is true, but don't ever put that pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. Always have that anticipation that, yes, you do have a message that can save a person from hell and give them the same joy that you have in your life without question. Mm-hmm. Okay. But always have an expectation that that's coming, but never at that. It, it can happen at that moment, but take the pressure off yourself. So you don't expect it at that moment. Right, Do you know what I mean? Right, right. You can't save everybody with the gospel every time you share it. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you're planting a seed. Sometimes you're planting a seed and, and, and you're just watering someone else's seed. Right, right. Okay. You don't know where that person has gotten to before they presented themselves in front of you in your life. You don't know what their life experience is. All you can do is share the truth, share the gospel message, share the scriptures with them. Okay. And like I said, be saturated with the word of God so that it oozes out of you and people are curious about what it is that you believe and they engage you and then you engage them and you see them where they're at. Sometimes, and I've had this happen with me many times where someone is, is the, the, the harvest is, is ready and you're there and you sit down and you pray with that person and you pray the sinner's prayer. And they accept Christ as their Savior. And you know what? What a privilege that is. That is such a joy when that happens. It just doesn't happen every time. Yeah. Okay? So take that pressure off yourself. Get yourself off the hook. Okay? If you're going to put pressure on anything, put pressure on the Word of God. Because the Word of God can handle it. Yeah. Okay? All you can do is share it. Okay? Let God take the burden of saving that person away from you. Okay, get the focus off of you and what you're able to do because you can't save nobody. It's the same way that you weren't saved by nobody. It's the word of God that saved you, that spoke to your heart. It's going to happen the same way with that person as well, too. Yeah. So get yourself off the hook. It's the word of God that, that provokes a response. Okay, now that response can be good. Or it can be bad. Right. And I think it's the bad part that everybody's afraid of because yes. everybody wants the good part. Yes. Everybody wants to say, oh my gosh, Alex, you showed up exactly when I needed you. I was <laughs> looking for someone to save me. And we all look for that. Yeah, it's so <laughs> And that's true. awesome when it happens, but let's be realistic. Most people, that's not where they're at. No. And they may be down the road, but maybe not at that moment. 
So you'll, you'll experience both of those things, okay? People who will give you a good response, okay? And people who will give you a bad response. And let me give you an example. We used to have a Bible study where I live, every community I've lived in, okay? I've always had a Bible study and I invite whoever wants to come, neighbors, people from church, whatever. I love Bible studies, okay? And we were doing a Bible study in a community room for some um, a community that we lived in. It was a kind of like community for the housing that the uh, apartment development that we lived in. So every week we used to meet in this room and get together with our friends and family, and we used to um, you know read the Bible and study it. And there were some Mormons that lived in the community, and they would share that space with us sometimes when we were in that uh, community space. And we finished our Bible study. They kind of listened in from from a distance. I saw them kind of throwing an ear in my direction. You know what I mean? And um, towards the end, the guy approaches me and says, oh, you guys are studying the Bible? That's cool. I says, yeah, of course it's cool. I mean, what else is there to do? <laughs> my arrogant self. And he goes, yeah, but have you ever considered the Book of Mormon? I said, yeah, I have. I've actually read the Book of Mormon, and it's not the Word of God. He goes, Really? No, because that's the word of God that you have, that you proclaim, is not the right word of God. It's, 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 it's corrupted. It's incorrect. That's why the Book of Mormon exists, to correct some of those things. I'm like, dude, that's not what the Bible says. Okay, The Bible says that everything that God has spoken, everything that he needed to say, it's contained in these pages. The guy was super offended. He told me, how can you be that way? How can you just slam someone's belief system like that? I said, I'm not slamming nothing. I don't care what you do. You can believe in whatever you want. I'm just telling you that this is what the Bible says. And if, if Christ is in here and God is in Christ saying something and it's found in this book, you need to pay attention to that. If yeah. you don't want to pause and think about that and acknowledge that, that's your problem. I mean, it doesn't make me any difference what you believe. I'm just sharing the truth as I know it. Right. But you see, I'm taking the pressure off myself. Mm -hmm. I took it, he took it as an offense, and I didn't see it as like I offended him. It's the word that offended right, him. Right. Because I wasn't speaking my own truth. It's almost like what we talk about in John. He said, we speak of what we know of, right? And they don't believe. Right? And Jesus Christ is the only one who descended from heaven. He's the only one that can speak of the things that he's seen. So why am I going to quote myself? I'm going to quote from Amen. Scripture. And that's so important. When you present the gospel, when you present the Word of God, present it. Mm -hmm. Get yourself out of the way. Get yourself yep. out of that line of fire because people will accuse you of saying, well, Jesus can't be the only way. I says, look, I don't know what, I don't care what way you approach. Right. I'm just telling you that that's what he said. Yep. Okay? I believe it. If you don't want to believe it, then you got to live with those consequences yourself. That's how I share mm -hmm. the gospel. I've gotten through people that way. And you know what? I've shoved off some people who don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I'm always ready for that. Yeah. Okay. But I'm never offended whether it's someone's lifestyle, the way that they live, the way that they talk, whatever it is that's offending them when I share the truth of scripture, I never take that personally. Yeah. I walk away, I'll shake their hand, hug them and say, look, it's been nice meeting you. I shared with you what I what 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 the word of God says. There's nothing here between you and me. If you're offended by anything, it's God that's offending you and you need to consider that right. and you need to reconcile that in your life. Right. Because what I believe and what I think about your life and where you're going has nothing 
no bearing on you at all. It's God that judges. Mm -hmm. It's God that's calling you to repentance. It's God that's giving you an opportunity, like we talked about. He's the one who's calling you Mm. from your sin and trespasses. You don't want to accept that, man. That's no skin off my back. I've accepted this truth. I just want you to share what I'm sharing, the joy that I have. I can share that with you. But if you reject it, you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting him. Mm -hmm. And that's an important message. Because rejecting the gospel is rejecting him. So get yourself off the hook. I see people sweating bullets sometimes. Oh, how do I share? What do I say? Tell them the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell them the truth. If the Lord has put that person in your path, there's something that you have in common. Right. If you don't know what that is, engage them. Talk about real matters. Don't talk about you know small talk. Get to the meat of who are you? What kind of family do you have? I'm each talk about them. Mm-hmm. Let them tell you about themselves. Yeah. You'll find your opening. Okay. Problem with people is that when you engage people, that's all they talk about is themselves. So don't be that person. Right. Let them talk about themselves. And that's great because people love someone who listens to them. Yep. Okay. Don't talk about yourself. Don't turn the conversation on yourself. We've all met people like that. And no matter how you talk to them, they always kind of direct the conversation back to them, them, them. And I'm all for that because I don't want to talk about me anyway. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Lord. I want to mm-hmm. talk about the word of God. That's where my focus is. And I found that that has been such, especially when I was a brand new Christian, I was putting so much pressure on me that I had to share the gospel and share this joy that I had with everybody. And everybody who came on my path was going to get the gospel right between their eyes and have the same joy that I had. I took all that pressure off myself. Mm. I share it. I take that pressure off myself and I say, you know what? God's going to do what he's going to do. I'm just going to let it roll. And if they get offended, it's not me who offends them. It's the Lord and it's the truth that offends them. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe somewhere down the line, someone will water that seed that I planted and say, you know what? Maybe I do need to face this sin in my life. Yeah. Because we talked about that. It's the darkness that people love. Jesus faced that with uh, in his ministry. Yeah. The reason that you don't hear me and don't know who I am is because you like your sin yep. more than you love God. Yeah. You love the darkness rather than you know the light. Because if you love me, then you love, if you love God, then you love me. That's right. And if you knew God, you'd know who I am. But because you don't know who God is, you don't know who I am. And your sins, sins remain on you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Jesus took the same approach too. And the idea that Jesus is this guy walking around, always nice and pleasant to everybody. Yo, dig into the Bible, read it, and see who Christ is. You'll see that he used to give people the stuff right between the eyes sometimes. I mean, when he told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, man, you can't get more rough than that. Yeah. Or when he called the, all the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the teachers of Israel whitewashed tombs, mm-hmm. that when they proselyte people, they, they take them into the faith and make them worse than when they started. I mean, he was, he was bold. Yeah. He was bold. And sometimes that's called for mm-hmm. when people just won't acknowledge and Jesus did exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. He deflected it. Look, you you don't if you don't accept my message, then you're rejecting God. Exactly. Because I'm not saying anything on my account. I'm saying what the Father told me to say. Key in on that, people. Mm. You want to know how to share the gospel? Do it just like Christ. Yeah. Christ used to do it all the time. Okay. It's not what I'm saying. It's what He told me to say. That's what you're rejecting. Right. We're doing the same thing. Yep. Hey, you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting what God said. 
I'm just a messenger. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not like Christ where Christ was God, but you understand my meaning. I mean, he showed us the way. Christ always has the answer. Just be like him. Yeah. Just be like him and just share it just like he did. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what the father says. This is what the father sent me to do. This is what my mission is. I'm doing it out of obedience to the father. What I see him do, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I go where he tells me, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you get yourself off the hook. And yeah. you're going to run into good people and you're going to run into people who accept that message. And, and the word of God, you know, does not return void. The word of God has power. Where it goes, it's going to accomplish what it's going to accomplish. Amen. You just need to put it out there. That's why you got to get out the way and, and put it out there. And that's why I'm such a strong advocate of, and maybe we can do an episode on this some other time, but I mean, people are struggling finding good churches. And one of the things I tell people is, well, you know what? When a guy shows up at the pulpit and preach, see how they get out of the way and let the word come mm-hmm. through. Because that's so important. Yep. It's no different when you share the gospel. Get yourself out of the way. Let the word speak for itself. Right. You know, give out a track. And if people respond to that, I think people respond more to just engaging them. Yeah. Loving people where they're at. And, and you know what? It may take a minute. It may take a year. You know, my father-in-law, okay, when, when I met my wife many years ago, was an alcoholic. And we prayed for him for, wow trying to remember how many years it was. It must have been at least, I don't know, 12, 15 years before oh. he came to the Lord. It's a long time to pray for somebody. Yes. And he was surrounded with children that were believers. I was a believer. His daughter was a believer. His wife was a believer. And it took him 12, 15 years. My wife can correct me on that. But it took a long time. She prayed for me even longer than that when she was younger. But she tried to reach him for many, many years. Sometimes it takes that long. But that's all right. That's all right. God has a plan. All you got to be is be true. Make sure that you're sharing the gospel and make sure that you're getting yourself out of the way and let the Bible speak for itself. But regardless, you know, in both cases, whether it's someone that responds well or doesn't respond well, you got to love people where they're at. You got to love them where they're at and point them to the scriptures because it's the scriptures that point to to, to, to God. It's the scriptures that speak for you. Okay. I wanted to share a little bit of Matthew, okay? Because Matthew talk in Matthew twelve, um, verse uh, uh, Matthew, excuse me, Matthew thirteen, verses one through nine. On the wrong page, here we go. And it's parable of the sower. Mm. It helps us put things into context because I mean, people talk talk about, you know, what am I going to run into when I share the gospel? It's laid out for you right here. So, uh, Matthew thirteen, verse one through nine. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and a large crowd gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. And others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprung up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on good soil and were yielding a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. 
Now, the following verses, and that'll be everyone's homework who's listening, is to kind of decipher that. But bottom line is, these three soils here, okay, there's a thorn, there's a rocky soil, then there's thorny soils. I mean, God lays it out right there in Scripture. You're going to run into different people at different— gonna, Some people are going to be excited and fall away. Yeah. They're going to be some some people that when you plant that seed, it's going to take root, they get root, and they're going to get excited, and they're going to wither away after they come into their first, you know, challenge in life. And then some of them, it, the seed won't penetrate and even make a root at all. It's those and any any root at all. It's those ones that are good soil that you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not going to expand that out. That's something that dig into this parable because the purpose of the parables is follows that text and and learn just exactly how. Jesus blows that up for the disciples because they wanted that explained to them. They didn't even get it. But the lesson here, okay, is that those are the type of people you're going to run into. Yep. Some that the seed of the gospel will not take root at all. Some of them, it'll take root, but then they'll wither away because life circumstances chokes them, you know. And then you've got the good soil, you know. Work with all those people. The people who are the good soil, you know who they are. They're going to eat it right up. Mm -hmm. That's the person who you showed up right on time, and the gospel message is something they've been waiting for, and you share the privilege of bringing them to the Lord. And that's okay? a beautiful opportunity because it's like you get to witness God really just performing a miracle and taking that person from spiritual deadness to spiritual life. Yeah. And it really is a privilege. And when it happens, you won't forget that. And yeah. You kind of have that kinship with that person that you were there in that day when they were born again, new person. Yeah. You know, it really is an awesome feeling. But regardless of whether that person accepts the gospel or not, you know, you got to work with everybody that God puts in your path. And mm -hmm. the person who is not the good soil, you know what? Love them where they're at. But always encourage them to be in the word. Mm -hmm. You know, I have family members in my life right now who are not accepting of God's will in their life and they're rebellious and they shake their fist at God and, and they don't want to yeah. give up the life that they have. Every conversation, so are you reading your Bible? Why not? Don't you understand that the answers are there? Yeah. And you know, that goes on for years with some people, but you gotta, you gotta put it there. I love you, but... The answers you seek are right in front of you. You just mm -hmm. got to put the time into it. Let God speak to you. But they don't want to hear. And it's a sad thing. Will they ever hear? I don't know. That's God's issue. You know what I mean? It's like the prodigal son. You know, you've got people in your life. Sometimes you just got to let them go. They're beyond what you can help them with. And they just got to go out there and suffer in life and get hit around and beat up and put into the pig's trough like the prodigal son was before they look up and say, you know what? I got to get up from here and change things. And, and you know, it's like the old phrase says, the old phrase says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Man. And that's kind of the attitude that you need to take that, you know, you're just looking for that harvest. You're looking for that place where you can jump in there and help God reap some souls because, you know, <laughs> the days that we live in, I mean, it's clear. I mean, they said this thousands of years ago too, but you know, the, the Lord is close. They've been saying that for a long yeah. time. <laughs> But it's true. Yeah. Okay. Just just remember that God's concept of time is not like ours. Mm -hmm. God exists in all time. He looks at time and it's all at the same time. Yeah. It's mind blowing. I don't even want to get into that because I'll melt some some macaronis in people's heads. <laughs> but you know, it's it's true. It's true. You've got to really think that urgently about people when they're in that condition. You know, Peter talks about it. I believe it's um. 
um, in one of his epistles when he says, it's like yanking somebody out of the fire. You know, it's really that urgent. Yeah. When you see someone in that condition and you've got a, a hose <laughs> to hose them down or fire extinguish it to help put out the fire and you don't use it, you got to jump on those yeah. opportunities because people are getting lost and you never know. You never know if you're, you know, your destiny was to be at that time, at that place, because I don't believe anything happens for no reason. Everything happens for a reason and you could be at that place and time and that moment exactly to share what you know that's right and pull that person out of the fire mm -hmm. you know yeah. and you really, do it and you do it out of love it's it's really love is the motivator for you to even do that and there's an analogy that says if i told you to go in and jump into a freezing pond would you do it if i just told you to just go would you just go and just jump into a freezing pond you mean just if you just told me to yeah, do it just, no that's, i'm not jumping in no all right <laughs> now if i told you that there's a two-year-old boy drowning uh, in, in that pond I would you go yeah I'll, i would sacrifice yeah. to save that life yeah help love, this little boy love is the motivator to that so it's the same thing with sharing the gospel it's love is the motivator to like you said snatch them out of the fire pull them out of the fire use a fire to, uh, extinguisher use that hose spray them so. Yeah, you've got to be ready. It's, this is a life-saving message that we have. Yeah. You know, so take that pressure off yourself, people. Yeah. You know, the gospel is a privilege to share, but it's not for you to transform lives. It's right. a tool that God has given us so that he can channel his truth to us and share with others. Um, you're going to be effective at, the, at that if you're an effective Christian. I mean, mm -hmm. if you... And I know these Christians that are out there, you know, thank the Lord for this, thank the Lord for that. But then you catch them when they're not around their Christian friends and they're cursing like sailors. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that mm -hmm. seems kind of inconsistent. Yeah. You know, so there's people out there playing games and stuff like that. But, you know, you you love them where they're at, too, and say, you know, you're better than that, man. That language don't sound good coming yeah. from you, man. You're better than that. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. God doesn't want that for you. And love people in, you know, in that place and show them that, that, you know, what expectation God has for them. He knows we're not perfect. He knows that we're broken. That's right. And we're all a work in progress. Remember, the only one that was perfect was Christ. And because he was perfect, guess what? The wrath of God came upon him and he paid for the sins of the world with his life. And he did that willingly. And like you said, Christian, he did it out of love. What mm. greater love is that? Like Christ said himself, what greater love does man have for another than give up his life? Yeah. That's what Christ did for us. Yeah. So you know what? We can put up with a little slap in the face every now and then. You know, turn the other cheek as the scriptures say, you know. You know, there's a story I, I want to share a little quick story with you. There's a story of a preacher. I don't know where I got this. I think I heard this from another preacher. But <laughs> there's this preacher somewhere in England or something like that where he was like a former boxer. And uh, he, you know, he shared the gospel. And when he some guy, I guess, got him, got real offended and came at him and wanted to hit him and hit him. And then he said he turned the other cheek, hit him on one side and he turned the other cheek. Pastor did exactly what the word of God asked him to. But this guy's a boxer now. And uh, the guy kept coming at him and he said, you know what? The word of God says to turn the other cheek. After that, it gives me no other instructions. <laughs> and he started rolling up his sleeves and went to town. I don't know why I shared that story, but <laughs> I guess I'm just thinking about, you know, you're going to run into some folks yeah. that are going to give you static. Yes, you will. I'm not telling you roll up the sleeves and punch yeah, them out yeah, like yeah. a boxer, but <laughs> remember, I mean, all you got to do is, you know, read John um, when he's up in the upper room with his apostles, you know, at chapter 17. I mean, that's like, um, 
the intimacy that's there between him and his and his guys. I mean, he talks about remember if they hated you, they hate they hate they hate you. Remember they hated me first. He sets the expectations. Go out there, okay, and share what you have. But remember, the world's gonna hate you for it. So don't be blind and thinking that it's gonna be all roses and rainbows. It's not gonna be. It's gonna it's tough to share the gospel and it's getting tougher and tougher. It's, yeah, it's going to get tougher and tougher to share the gospel. It already is. I mean, we can see that now. I mean, you know, and we've been privileged to live in a time and an age where, you know, Christianity has done a lot of good in this world. We were talking about this just prior to the podcast, recording it in the studio here. But, you know, we've been privileged to be living in a time where, you know, Christianity's done a lot of good. But I think the tables are turning a little bit. I think that there's a hostility that's coming out I've never seen in my lifetime. Yeah. It's getting harder and harder to speak of God in a world that doesn't care about truth. Uh, John MacArthur talks about that and says that it's a post-truth society. And I I believe that that's true in many ways. But even then, you know, you can't get too, like I said before, too muddied up with, you know, woe is me living in these times. Look past all that and just look for the opportunities. This is too important to share. Yeah, You know, have the confidence and the power of the Word of God to transform the heart and lives of people because it's, it, it, it really does have that power. It really does. And it's a lack of faith and a mistake to think that we can present it in a better way than the Bible presents it itself. So don't taint it. Don't change it. Give the gospel pure and simple, the way you received it is the way that someone else is going to receive it, right from the Word of God, right from, like you said before, like we talked about, when God calls you, he's, Jesus says it himself, my sheep know my voice. Yeah. And when you hear that voice, God calling, you just answer it. There's nothing better out there. And um, people will respond to that if they hear that from you sincerely. Yeah. You know, so I hope that that helps. Yeah. I hope that that... Um, is something that'll help you go out there and be bold for your faith. I don't know if you have anything else yeah. to add to that before we close it down. So, um, so pretty much, uh, there's a uh, there's a, a book by written by Bill Fay, and it is and, it, and it's titled "How to Share Jesus Without Fear." And you were talking about like opening up a conversation with people and trying to figure out like you know how do I start? Like how do I where do I even start? Like how do I open this conversation with a friend who I'm sitting you know having dinner with or they're invited over and 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 this that. Um, and you know, he poses five questions here. I mean, the first question he alludes to is like, Hey, do you have any spiritual beliefs? That's a good question to just ask anybody. And what I love about these questions is that it puts the ball in their court and you get to get an idea of where they're at with spiritual beliefs or just about who they think God is. So open that question up to them. And the second question is to you, who is Jesus Christ? And you're going to get an answer that might not be scriptural. People have this idea of who Jesus Christ is. Ah, he was he was a good guy, you know, he was a he was a prophet, you know, from what some people say. And, and they don't have a, a clear understanding. Because if you don't if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, then you don't know the gospel because Jesus Christ is the gospel. Okay. Um, and uh, the next the third question is do you think there's a heaven or a hell? That's always a, a really a, a really that can good get question. you a bunch of different answers. It can, it can, and 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 you know what? When you're asking these questions, just be silent and just listen to them. Just li- just listen to what they have to say, because from there you're gonna know where they're at, what soil they are. Yeah, you know, um, and it's gonna help you to kind of 
uh, share the gospel with them. So the fourth question is, if you died, where would you go? That's a good one. I use that a gazillion times. Right. And if the answer is heaven, if they say, oh, I think I'll go to heaven, ask them why and let them explain to you because there's only one way. Do you get that often? I wonder. What? Heaven? Do people say, oh, I'm going to heaven? Yeah, some people do say that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I get that very infrequently. I've gotten it but very infrequently. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of, oh, I hope so. Yeah, that's another one. Yes, that is another one. Yeah, I think, I, I hope that, I, you know, I, I, I love there. when that happens, by the way, because there's my, there's my entry, exactly. there's my door, just open for me. Exactly. Um, and so the last question is, and I love this question, um, you know, and you can obviously ask these in any order you want, but, um, or you don't have to ask all of them, but it just helps you open up that conversation. Um, the last question is, if what you're believing is not true, would you like to know the truth? And if they say yes, there's your opportunity to open up to the gospel. Yeah. There's your opportunity to now share with them because they've already opened that door up for you. So share the gospel through that. And the, the, the way that I love to share the gospel is I look at, I look at Romans uh, 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. And we, talk, we talked about before... Um, how Jesus opened up with repent and believe in the gospel. Okay, so what are we repenting from? Um, and uh, a person has to have a knowledge of sin. The same way in my life, and I'm sure in your life, you had a knowledge that what you were doing was wrong and you had to change. Um, and the gospel, when it came in, it brought light into that. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the saying, uh, um, do you want the good news or the bad news first? You know? <laughs> and so, you know, most people want the bad news because they want the good news to shed light into it. Yeah. And um, so how do you help someone um, who is dead in their sin see their sin against the holiness of God? How do you help someone see their spiritual condition? Okay. Um, and so the first question I always ask, okay, is do you consider yourself to be a good person? Now, more times than not, you're going to I know to get, who you're channeling. Yeah, yeah. This is this is Ray Comfort right here. And if you haven't seen Ray Comfort, oh yeah. Um, um if you haven't seen Ray Comfort uh 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 share the gospel with somebody. Yeah, those are fun videos to watch. It is a you you will see there's 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 videos on his YouTube channel called Living Waters that you'll see people's lives just change. Their demeanor changes when he asks this question and he brings them through the law. Yeah. So Romans 3, 9 through 20, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we alluded to it in the last episode. None is righteous, not one. Okay. Um, and Isaiah also, um, uh, I think this is where, um, no, Isaiah also says that we all become, 64, this is Isaiah 64, 4. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. And what the, the, the illustration he's, he's putting there is that he, he's saying that this polluted garment is like a menstrual men, cloth, yeah. a menstrual cloth. A filthy cloth. Uh, that's what a Something filthy cloth is. Something you wipe your backside with. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's... Yeah, the it, Bible can get that graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, reading into that and, and, and realizing that's what it means, you can already see that our righteous deeds, what we do, our goodness is like that. That's what it is to God, all right? This is why we need Christ. So, um... So the first person, the first question I asked is, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Okay. And um, I asked this question because uh, when we're dead in our sin, we are self-deceived by our own goodness. Yeah, that's true. And this is contrary to what the Bible tells us about the nature of man and his goodness. Uh, The nature of man is sinful. Okay. Like we talked about before, he is dead in sin. So 
Um, and by the way, the Christian should know that. I just use myself as an example. I mean, I've spoken many times about my story and, and you know, my propensity to sin, like mm, everyone else. Just because mm-hmm. I'm saved doesn't mean that I don't have to, you know, struggle with sin. I do. Exactly. But one thing I share all the time is I know how black my heart is. Amen. I ain't got no problem acknowledging that because it's true. If my heart did what it really wanted to do, I'd be a different person. Yeah. But I'm compelled not to because yeah. why would I want to accept a Savior that just paid such a high price for me on that cross? I do it out of love. I'd rather not be that person. But if we're truthful with ourselves, our hearts are black. Yeah, and we hurt ourselves and hurt those around us if we let ourselves. Yeah. God is the only restraint in my life. Mm-hmm. So how do you see someone? How do you help someone see that? Okay. Uh, Romans 3, um, 19 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Yeah. Um, and that whole repentance thing that uh, we talked about, Jesus saying repent and believe in the gospel, um, what are we repenting of? Sin. Well, wh- wh- how do I know that I'm a sinful person? And I, we know that the Bible does say, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But how do you help someone? Take them through, take them through some of the commandments. Yeah. Um, uh, I know that Ray, Ray Comfort uses uh, commandments 3, 7, 8, and 9. Um, and so, uh, we know that we shouldn't be doing these things because the law is written in our hearts. So all you're doing is using the law that's already written in a person's heart and bringing it uh, to light so that they see. So the first one, first question is, uh, um, is from, uh, the command, the ninth commandment. How many lies have you told in your life? Okay. Usually the person say, yeah, countless lies. So what do you call someone who tells lies? A liar. A liar. Right? And, you know, before you even get into asking them these questions, you know, ask them to be patient with you. Um, and if this is something that they can, they can, they can take on, you know, mm-hmm. tell them to be patient with you um, and tell them to be honest with you. Okay. Um, and, you know, say, you know, if they think they're a good person, just, just let them know, like, you know, um, I'd like to try to change your mind on that if I could, if you'd allow me to, and then come up with the, uh, the, the commandment. So we asked them how many lies have they told? Countless. And what do you call someone who tells countless lies? A liar. Then you go to commandment eight. Have you ever stolen anything? Taking something that's not yours, whether it's big, whether it's small. I mean, most people can say yes. So what do you call someone who steals? A thief. A thief. I know I was one. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I've stolen stuff before and I've lied before. Okay. Um, and then commandment three. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Oh, that happens so much. All the time. And you, you have to give them what I, I love what Ray says. He's like, you know what you've done there? You've taken the God who created you and you t- took his name and replaced it with a filth word to express yeah, and disgust. Jesus is a cursed name so many times. Yeah. It aggravates me. It really yeah. does. And it's sad. And people don't have this knowledge. They say it and it, it rolls off their tongue like it's normal and it's yeah. wrong. Jesus Christ deserves better than that. Amen. So people, if you're saying that as a cuss word, stop it. Yeah. Or OMG. That's a, that's or, a bad one. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's true. This is our this is the Lord's name, and we're taking it in vain, and we have to respect it. And I love the question he asked after he asked that. He says, "Would you use your mother's name as a cuss word?" 
Yeah, that's a good point. Right. No. Uh, Ray, Com- Ray Comfort has a fantastic approach, and he's definitely someone to go look at online to see if uh, you can you learn some stuff, even as a believer. Yeah. If anything, you know, um, when he confronts people, you see just how ignorant people are, the yes. truth. You know? Yes. But always remember, and we'll close it with this, we'll always remember that it's one thing to get people and to pin them like that and make them think about their sin, and that's important. Christian's absolutely right. But it's always a better position to be where once that person has recognized their sin in their life, remember, part of that commandment to go and share the gospel and to baptize everyone in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, part of that command is to go and make disciples. So you just don't leave people hanging out there. So if God gives you an opportunity to share the gospel with someone, don't leave them in a lurch. Make sure that they have a Bible. Make right. sure that they get a Bible. Uh, make sure that you follow up with that person. So, you know, read, like, for instance, I, I read John, let's say. Read the chapter of uh, the Gospel of John, and let's touch base and tell me what you think and anything I can help you with there, let me know. Follow up with that person. Believe it or not, there's a lot of churches that do a very bad job at this. They'll share the gospel. They'll put the message out there. They turn in all those cards, and they'll proclaim on Sunday, we had 100 people come to the Lord this weekend, but who's following up with them? Mm-hmm. Who's sitting down with them, making sure that the devil is not going to take that joy away, to make sure that it's good soil that that seed landed on, that it's not going to wither away or or something like that. But I think you get my point, Christian. Part of sharing the gospel and making sure that you do share it is making sure you're discipling that person as well, too. To me, that's always something that's forgotten, but it definitely goes hand in hand. No, that's that's definitely important. I mean, like I said before, um, you know, I I go, I've I've gone through these, through these, uh, through this with even some of my friends and um, going through the law that way, and and you know bringing about that and and just allowing the holy spirit to just bring about the law and see that what they've that they are sinners just like me yeah people don't think about that they don't and so um helping someone understand that obviously after you share the gospel you you definitely want to um you know invite them to a church a a bible-based church and 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 really uh be a disciple to them you know so when when you're done explaining, you know, the law, the last one was whoever looks at a woman, Jesus says whoever looks at a person with lust, um, it has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You know, have you ever looked at a wo- person with lust? Yeah. And everyone has. Okay. So the last the, the the last point here is um so the idea is that we're not judging them. So you let them know, hey, I'm not judging you, but by your own admission, you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, and adulterer at heart. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> right. And this is what you have told me. So, yeah. so, so, so now, okay. And this is where, um, this is where we can bring in Romans 14, 12. Each one of us will have to give account of himself to God. So that law is already written in our heart and we're going to have to give that account. So the innate knowledge of the divine law of God will actually witness against them on the day of judgment. So all you're doing as a believer is, is helping someone see that you're not judging them. You're not telling them that you know yeah, th- th- that's not love. your that's not your place. Your place is just to help them see that. And I've done that with some of my friends, and it's actually been like, whoa, that's crazy. So after you've explained that to them, you know, you just let them know, like, if God is a just and a perfect and a holy and good God He's who awesome. hates sin He's and awesome. loves righteousness, yeah, He knows all of your thoughts, your words, your deeds, the stuff that you didn't do that you should have done. He does. Would He find you innocent or guilty? 
and the law already brought them to be guilty. So they would most likely say guilty. So should God, if he's just and good and not a corrupt or a bribable God, he upholds his truth and his righteousness, would he send you to heaven or hell? And if, if they're truthful with themselves, they'll say hell. And then you ask them the next question, does this concern you? And after this, you'll see either one of two things. A person who's never put thought into this, all right, about who God truly is through scripture and his character towards sin and come to this realization. Or you'll have a person who brings about justification through themselves rather than by grace through faith in Jesus. So for a person like this, I would just let them know. I would just tell them, I would just recite to them Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the Lord God. Now, at this point, if a person's like, you know, like they're giving you backlash, this, this, and that, you know, and, and you're arguing, you never want to argue over the word of God, okay? So just let them be, let them be. But just say, hey, listen, I have one more thing. Now, this is the good news. The good news is this. What did God do for guilty sinners so they wouldn't have to go to hell? Mm-hmm. This is the gospel message right here. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. The last words of Jesus were, it is finished, meaning the debt of sin has been paid. Yeah. And it's like Alex was saying, um, I think it was in uh, uh, the last episode or the beginning of this episode, you know, Joe owes you money. You know, if you're in a court of law and the judge says, hey, you got a stack of speeding fines, but I'm going to let you go because someone's paid the fine for you. Yeah. Right. And the, the judge can do that, and he's yeah. it's legally right, and he's still just by doing that. Although you're guilty, he can still legally let you go because someone else paid the fine for you. It's the same way when you're in in, in God's court, yeah. and God God says, I, I he can legally let you go, all because of what Christ did on the cross. Yeah, it's very simple. I mean, I, one of the things that when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I remember praying that sinner's prayer with my pastor and um, I looked at him immediately after and I knew my life, my soul was changed at that moment. I looked at him and I said, wow, that's so simple. It really mm-hmm. is that simple, the yeah. gospel. Don't complicate it. And you and you can't, and you you just can't leave them there. You can't, you can't leave them with, with just that. I mean, um, the, the hot, so, so after a person has come to that, you share the gospel with them, the next question is probably going to be like, well, then how do I receive Christ into my life? How do I do this? And there's two things. Jesus and John the Baptist said it by repenting and turning from our sin and putting our trust in Jesus. Yeah. And when you do that, you have put your faith in Christ and not in yourself anymore. And you're turning from your sin. And, and again, this is a constant turning. Like, like Alex said, we're not going to be perfect when we accept Christ, but there's going to be a, a constant turning from sin in our life. We're still going to be tempted. We're still going to go through hardship. We're still going to um, the Lord be loves works in progress. Right, that's what He's good at. Right, <laughs> but the, the the to a believer out there, you know, if you're struggling with sin and you and, and you're a believer, you know, repent from it, turn from it, yeah. ask God to to have mercy and grace on you, and He already has. All you have to do is look at the cross and yeah. look at what Jesus did. Yeah. Again, it is not by your works. It is not what you do. It's it's not by doing perfect deeds or helping someone across the street that gets you into heaven. It's putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. You're gonna fall. It's gonna hurt. But a father is always 
going to be calling us back. A true father is always going to be calling us and back. And that's what he is. And that's what he is to us. Wow. That's a great way to close out this episode, man. That's awesome. A good message. It really is. And and I'm like, I can't close it out any better than that. Christian did a great job there. So we're just going to say at this point that um, you've got some good stuff here today. And um, the last episode, which is part one of this, which is the gospel, and this is how to share it. You know what? Share these episodes with folks. Yeah. You know, where everyone's connected. Hit that share icon and, and send it everywhere. People need to hear this message, and we appreciate that. So that's all we have for you for this, ep- this episode. Christian, thank you. Thank you. We hope to see you guys next time. The content's only going to get better. We got some really good stuff coming. But don't forget to share. Don't forget to put the message out there, and we'll see you next time. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that we have been an encouragement to you. This episode has been made possible by listeners like you. Please consider partnering with us through your prayers and gifts. Your support enables us to provide sound biblical teaching that helps others open up their understanding of the scriptures across the globe. To support this show financially, click the Donate Now link in the episode notes, or you can visit our podcast website at relentlesslybiblical.org and use a donate link in the podcast player or the Support This Show button that's on our homepage. Thank you for your gracious support. Join us again for our next episode, and remember to always be in God's Word and stay relentlessly biblical. This episode has been a production of Core Truth Media, owned and operated by Core Truth Ministries. This podcast was recorded and engineered at Prevail Studios.